Legion of Everblight, Shadow Flame Shard, and other army-focused podcast for War Machine and Hordes. I am your whispering host, Ryan, and this week, my partner Nate is here. Say hi, Nate. This is so awkward, Ryan. I can't Well, that worked about as well as expected. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. The intro worked out almost as well as expected. You heard we none of that, get... did you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just got to get Jake to, to come on and do it so we can have the real JVM ASMR. <laughs> I, I asked him about that, and he was immediately just like, no. Not doing that. No. <laughs> Which, like, fair, but also, come on. Yeah. Uh, Alrighty, Ryan, it's a rad day It is, it is a day that I would qualify as rad Yeah Why is it so rad for you? Uh, it's it's rad for me because it's Shadowflame Friday Because hey. we got our starter box rules this week That actually makes sense for once, I'm so proud of you Oh, thanks buddy First, first time in my life I've been proud of you Wow, rude <laughs> <laughs> Sorry uh, yeah, uh, we, we got the army box rules. Everything got added to War Room 2, uh, which is Dare War Room 3? It's the WAP, right? No, it's not, and I refuse to call it that. It got added to War Room, uh, and it's super dope. Uh, if for no other reason than, like, painted Shiras art. Super dope. Love it. I'm yeah, it. really cool. Yeah. Are you on Sh- Team Shiras? I feel like I said Rasik before, so now I have to say Shiris. Like I'm, I have no team accent on the second syllable. Who knows? I I don't actually know how to pronounce any of these. My gut says there's way too many Y's and S's because it's like coming off of a Nis, and that's usually how that worked. But also, I don't know. Yeah, it's also made up, so nobody really does. I mean, all words are made up. Indeed. Alrighty. So today, folks, I think we wanted to do a rundown of the starter box contents just uh, quick little bur- blurbs about them, our reactions, and then I think we were going to talk uh, briefly about some of the Merc solos that ended up in the app that I don't think we've gone over yet, and then just chat about some synergies, things that immediately jumped out at us when looking at this, and I think maybe what we're most excited to try out and play. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan, sounds... do you want to you kick us off with the Shadowmancer Scion? Oh yeah, so uh, the Shadowmancer Scion is a dope little solo. Uh, he's he, she, it. They're four points uh, for a 13-13 eight-box solo with stealth and pathfinder and soulless. I'm not really sure the soulless actually matters anymore beyond fluff. Infernals, I guess, care about souls still. I don't. Mm-hmm. They can't think of anybody that steals like ag- aggressively steals opponent souls anymore. Huh. Uh Sorry, weird thought. Uh, they have Apparition, uh, Battle Wizard, which is super dope. Uh, magic ability with an Arcane of 6. No, oh, I'm sorry, Arcane 7, Speed 6. Haha. Reading. Reading is the thing. Uh, and three spells. Uh, Grip of Shadows, which is basically just telemetry. Uh, 8 inches plus 2 for magic attack rolls against enemy models. Uh, Puppet Master, you know it, you love it. Range 6 rerolls. And then Stygian Abyss, which is neat uh, because it's a range 10 pow 12. That causes crit blind. Uh, for those of you who don't know what blind does, 
uh, the thing hit is minus four mat, minus four def, cannot run, charge, make slam, or trample power attacks. It has to forfeit either its normal movement or combat action. It can be shaken, but more importantly, they also can't make ranged or magic attacks. So like, it is legitimately just a giant middle finger to anything that can't shake it. Like, I don't know, most of the 80 mils, uh, or important solos, or the stupid balloons. Thank you. Yes, blind those blimps, baby. God. Uh, they also have two shadow blades, which are crit shadow bind, which is a theme you're going to see. Uh, Mat seven, range one, pow twelves, blessed and magical. So Delicious. not not a slouch in melee. Uh, but you're mostly, I think, gonna be taking them for, you know, the early game walk around puppet master, maybe Stygian abyss to like fish for a crit or just like take out a solo, and then late game they actually kind of become a threat, because Mat 7 with two POW 12s that are blessed and magical are enough to, like, start threatening any other solo in the game. Yeah. So, Yeah, I also nice. really like the idea of them charging up and, like, killing a dude, and then popping Grip of Shadows and setting you up for some, some fun spell slinging. Oh, for sure. There, there's also yeah. the ever popular I walked up, I killed a dude, I battled a wizard a Stygian, killed a dude farther away then, you know, made a second attack against the third dude like, that seems perfectly reasonable for a four point solo yeah, um, that's true like, yeah. they are only a 13-13 so like, if somebody can see through stealth uh, boy are they not gonna have a good time, but like eight boxes means they're not casually getting picked up by a hand cannon equivalent, so yeah, it's probably I think okay. If, the The big thing for me is like if your opponent has a pow ten blast shot too, they're um, they need an eleven to kill this model. Yeah, so it's yeah you need to have a quality AOE, something you can boost. Yeah, with. like a boostable AOE. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Let's go down to the units. Uh, I know you happen to be a fan of the Death Dealers, so why don't you tell us about them? Oh, I am a fan of the Death Dealers, mostly because their name is awesome. Uh, so the Death Dealers are some chunky 40 mil guys. They have sidestep, unyielding, and finisher. They are speed 6, mat 7, def 13, arm 15, also soulless, uh, and have native pathfinder, which is really nice. Having pathfinder is a really nice thing. Uh, they are packing a serrated blade, which is uh, range 2 and pow 13 with grievous wounds. Uh, and these guys strike me as like your kind of quintessential like counterpunch unit, right? Like the lines have already met, some things are banged up, uh, and these guys come in when it's time to you know deal some death, finish the uh, finish the job, solid. you might say. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I mean, uh, thirteen fifteen again with eight boxes means they don't casually get picked up by like your pow twelves. Um, they are not as tanky as you would think, because only arm 15 unless they're in melee. But, like, Rissick can help a little bit with that. Uh, get them base yeah, to base that... with the beast, and they get to be 17, which is not great, but it's probably enough. Yeah, we have some other ways to help with that, too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, exec... Dragon's blood. And... Execration. Execration. Once yeah. you get in there. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's just more of the early game, eh, I've got nothing else to shoot at, may as well try and pop them. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, um, go ahead, right? Yeah, I was going to say, overall, decent unit, only seven points too, so like, that 
all right, three dudes for seven points. That's what eight, 24 boxes. That seems fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No complaints. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about some of the other infantry. Do you want to talk about the uh, some of the quick things? Ooh, yeah. Uh, stalkers are my buddies. I love them. I love these idiots. Uh, so the quick fang stalkers are basically, uh, if you know what a daughter of the flame is or a mage hunter infiltrator, they're basically just that except lizards. That's that's it. They, <laughs> they literally copy pasted them and were like, you know what this needs? It needs this thing in its entirety. Uh, and they weren't wrong because these dudes are awesome. They're little 30 mil idiots. Uh, they have uh, stealth, solace, pathfinder, ambush, AD, and uh, oh, what's that other one that says? Uh, I actually don't remember what it's called. Now I was trying to make a joke and now I lost Breakthrough? it. Breakthrough? Yeah, that thing. Yeah. The, the thing that says you don't ever get to tie them down ever because they just get to walk away and do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, they've got acrobatics to walk over anybody as long as they've got movement to get past them, which, speed seven, they will. And anatomical precision, uh, which says that if they don't kill you, uh, they just get to do a point. Uh, admittedly, it's only against living models, but most things are alive, so that's probably fine. And more importantly, it can't make tough. It's a super dope. Uh, they've yeah. got two POW nines and... They can combo strike up to a POW 13. These little guys, I think, are my favorite unit in the faction so far. Like, yeah, if you hit them, their arm 12 single wound infantry, they're gonna die. Like, they're, you, you might let them live off of, like, a blast that somebody just didn't roll high enough on, but, like, any amount of dedication to killing them and they're dead. But, like, it's still cool. I love these little idiots. And again, yeah. there's seven points. Like, what? What? That's awesome. Yeah, they're cheap, they're quick, and I feel like they, uh, you, it's like an ignore at your peril type, you know? Yeah, uh, they get to get around yeah. everywhere, and the UA, which we will get into a little bit later, but, like, the UA is just icing on the cake. Like, takes this thing from, like, eh, this is, like, a solid six out of ten on a unit, like, they're not, you know, killing over the top. They're not super crazy, but, like, they're a solid unit for their points cost. And the UA just takes them up to, like, an 8 or a 9, and it's just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, I'll, I'll take the Wind Strikers, since you took the Stalkers. Do it. Uh, so the Wind Strikers are the kind of ranged version of the Stalkers. So yep. Quick Fang Wind Strikers, they... Uh, again, speed 7, mat 6, rat 7, def 14, arm 12s with stealth, solace, pathfinder, dual attack, ambush, and advanced deployment. Uh, they've traded out their cool little blades for a blowgun, um, which has uh, which is range 8 uh, and has no pow listed, but uh, has puncture, so pretty similar to the anatomical precision, just doesn't prevent tough rolls, which is a bit sad, but uh, a direct hit and uh, automatically suffering one damage is pretty nice, especially if you brought some friends named Death Dealers who have Finisher yep. that uh, really like when things have taken damage. Uh, additionally, their guns have critical shadow bind, and their blades, they do have one melee weapon, uh, which I think is a really important feature for them. Mm -hmm. uh, Mat six, pound nine. Yep. Um, 
I I love these dudes. Um, I feel like they, if you're talking about like a skirmishing unit, like a unit that wants to fight other units, they are pretty darn good. Oh, for at, sure. Yeah, at like hitting that screening unit, um, you know, fair chance that they kill the guy that they hit on a charge, and then being able to like pop support staff or other members of other units with their guns uh, and puncture. So pretty darn cool, I think. Yep. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they are kind of an ideal skirmishing unit, uh, especially for six points. Uh, like, they're a point cheaper than their melee counterparts, but, like, they still do decent work. And, I mean, we have... If you're worried about the POW, we have things on the rack to make them... Not, again, not great, but, like, a little bit better. Like, the difference between POW 9 and POW 11 isn't negligible if you want to throw Curse on something or throw, uh, it on them. Silence of Death. Yeah, that one. Yeah, um, that's important, a pretty good one for them. Yup. Uh, important differences between the two units, though. Uh, Strikers, uh, do have dual attack, which is nice, but they don't have breakthrough. Uh, yeah. that is the melee-only ones. So, don't get that confused. Don't cheat accidentally. Uh, but otherwise, like, basically just a repeat of each other with guns instead. Um, yeah. That crit shadow bind is not a thing, I think, to rely on. But, like, again, if you charge a skirmishing unit and go, oh, man, I killed them all, you've got a heavy standing there. Like, eh, may as well. Like, <laughs> it's not going to hurt you to either chip five points in or maybe hit the crit. Never hurts. Yeah. Hell, even um, yeah, even like important solos. So you get a bison or something close enough, like go for it. What at that point, like you have to expect they're probably gonna die. So like, maybe you get to do some disruption tactics while you do it. Yeah. Yeah, especially. I mean, I feel like it's not a bad pro uh, prospect to do five points to a bison or just accidentally shadow bind it, right? Yep. <laughs> Like, either one of those is a pretty desirable outcome. Yeah, I mean, um, any of the 80 mils, any really kind of important solo, like, yeah, it seems fine. Uh, I feel like we only have one other unit to go over, and that's the Shadowmancers, and then there's the Caster, but I feel like since we just talked about the Stalkers and the Windstriker, uh, Ryan, you want to talk about the Quickfang Master? Oh my god, I do. This guy otherwise, is... Otherwise known as Ninja Gorman. <laughs> yeah. This dude is dope as hell. So first of all, uh, FA4, uh, uh, the two small based units are also FA4, so like, you can't have one in every unit, which is sad, because if I could, I would. Uh, but they are two points, which, first of all, I before looking at anything else, what? Like, why are these guys two points for the, just They're the amount of cheap. rules that they have? At yeah. what point did somebody look at this and be like, yeah, no, this is a good plan. Like, how? How is this a thing? Uh, but the, it is, so I'm rolling with it. Uh, they are five boxes, uh, speed seven, mat seven, rat seven, def 14, arm 12. They can go on either of the small based units. Uh, they have... All the rules that every, go there. Too. Every single rule between both units. They've got AD, they've got Pathfinder... They've got dual attack, they've got ambush, they're soulless, they're stealth. Uh, they also have breakthrough. At some point, I'm going to remember the actual rule name or look it up. It's just not going to be right now. Uh, they also come base with acrobatics, anatomical precision, and sack pawn, 
uh, to other quick fangs. So like, that's super dope. Uh, somebody has a random true sight or eyeless sight gun, like, it's a little bit actually harder to snipe them out than just trying to roll blast damage on them, which is kinda neat. Uh, and Sack Pawn works against sprays, so you can protect them a little bit that way, which is neat. Uh, they're yeah. carrying a POW-9 Weapon Master Blade, uh, Mat 7 Range 1, super dope. Like, already this guy is worth two points in my mind just for that. Uh, and then you give him uh, a Blight Bomb, which is Rat 7, Range 6, Rate of Fire 1, AoE 1, and the AoE 1 is important here. Uh, it's magical, because why not? It's also uh, POW 12 on the main hit, POW 6 on the blast. Sure. Like, that's... That's perfectly reasonable, and if it did nothing else, again, would be fine. But it has attack types, uh, which include Black Oil, which causes no damage. Instead, on a model directly hit, models hit suffer blind for one round. So, you hit an idiot, and then you blind him and the guy next to him, because it's AoE 1. And why not? Him and his closest friend. Yep. So like, oh man, do you have two jacks standing right next to each other? Cool, now they're both blind. Do you have a couple solos that are really close and you're really trying to protect one, but kinda did something silly with another one? Cool, they're both blind. Like, this is just great. Did one of your guys from a unit pass a tough check, and is he standing next to your cool UA? Well, guess what? <laughs> yup. Like, there's there's so many uses for it, and it's just like, again, the model is two points. Why is the yeah. model two points? Uh, he also has Incendiary, which causes fire damage, and the model hit, or sorry, models hit suffer fire continuous effect, so like, if you get stuck in melee, and you're like, oh man, I'm never gonna hit death, you know, 17, you throw in a firebomb and just light the guy gauging you on fire, and yeah, maybe that'll kill it for you. Like, seems fine. Uh, also, still a POW 12, and 6, and auto fire. Seems perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Uh, I really love his ability to just auto, like, auto light somebody on fire. Yeah. Like, even even if you miss, they still get lit on fire. Yep. Oh, man, that's, yeah. an, that's an important solo hiding behind a wall. Now it's on fire. Hopefully that doesn't <laughs> kill it. Like, yeah. dope. Uh, and then he also has Rust, which again causes no damage. Instead, on a direct hit, Constructs hit, suffer minus two arm for one turn. So everything with blind... Uh, also applies. So if you direct hit one idiot, his closest buddy is also rusted. So are you playing into like an Athena brick where all the jacks are base to base all the time? Man, is it nice to just be like, I hit one guy and now two of them are minus two arm. This is nice. I like it here. Yeah. And again, the idiot, this little idiot is two points for all of this. The guy is a steal. I don't. Yeah. He's so good. So and I good. think in the in the box, don't they come two per box? Yeah, there's two yeah, two yeah, per box. Two in each box, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you can put one That's on both units. Freaking awesome. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. I, I love uh, this little idiot. I think I, I I think by far he is the best unit in the box, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Yeah. He feels at this particular point without knowing like more about what else is coming in the like expansion or anything like that he feels like a kind of faction de defining piece oh for sure right 
yeah, like blinded rust on a stick is like crazy powerful, and mm-hmm. especially for the the cost. And I, in some ways, I will say this is like the first one of these little cool like utility solos or UAs that has stealth. That's actually that actually feels like it's point costed accordingly with the knowledge that it's like just AOE bait, right? Yep. So yeah, it's like no more you know four point uh you know arm 12 stealth solos like no uh you know, grotesque assassins get out of here yep right like yeah mm-hmm. but yeah like for for an ambushing ua like this dude just does so much work and it's just like yeah constantly is a giant target of like people have to respect where he is and you can take four of them so like it gets really hard to avoid all of them I've run a couple lists that just have, like, two. Three, I think, is the max I've done, but, like, it's really hard to avoid all of the shenanigans, and at some point, like, you just have to accept, yeah, I'm gonna get hit by one of them, and hopefully it's not crippling. Yeah. They do, it does feel like if you have enough redundancy with them, you're inevitably gonna get some value out of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, even if you don't, it's two points. So, like, oh, man, somebody took a boosted AoE from their 15-point jack to kill this guy, like... So they they shot the 2-point UA instead of the 13 or 15-point Hydras that are shooting them back? Yeah, okay. I'm, I think I'm fine with this. Yeah. I, I really... Um, and while at first glance he seems like he might be... Like, he, he actually is really solid attached to either unit. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the Stalkers um, and the way that unit placement works now like the stalkers really allow him to shine actually because of the anatomical precision yep and like math seven right they can you can charge another unit with your stalkers and like place him in somewhere where like he and a couple friends are all attacking the same guy and it's like soon as that guy's dead then he's like freed up to chuck his bomb yep. <laughs> like or if yeah you just... it feels go, go ahead Oh, I was going to say, it just feels, like, very easy. Uh, like, uh, on the melee unit, like, it see- because he has a valuable ranged attack, I think my first thought it was to attach him to the range unit, but it seems like it actually would be better to put him on the melee unit. Like, you'd be able to more consistently deliver him yep. in terms of, like, where you could put him and, like, being able to get him so he can leverage that bomb attack. For sure. And, like, even if you go up against a heavy target with them something that's like you know uh def 10 def 12 warjack like okay that's fine like he's still a pow nine weapon master in melee and he's rat seven so like oh did you charge a pow 10 kador jack like it's def 14 like you can still try and huck that bomb and hit the seven before the rest of the unit goes like yeah get the rust off yeah Yeah. like it's perfectly reasonable to be like eh, let's see what happens and that seems fine yeah. Um, okay, but enough gushing over the best unit model in the entire faction currently. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Shadowmancers. Yeah. Uh, so Shadowmancers are the kind of classic support unit, right? They're like our mechanic equivalent. Uh, they are on a 30 mil base. They also have Stealth Pathfinder Solus, uh, Speed 6, Arcane Attack 6, Def 13, Arm 13, much like the Shadowmancer Scion. Uh, they have Apparition, 
Also, just like the Shadowmancer Scion, and they are packing three spells. Uh, Condition, which uh, if you have paid, uh, played Legion in the past but haven't paid the utmost attention, uh, Condition is range six now. Yep. It sure is. Uh, which is wild, because I don't think it used to be. Uh, I'm pretty sure it used to be range three or something like that. Uh, I yeah. think it used to be three, yeah. Yeah. Um, you have Flesh Eater, which is a range eight POW 10 uh, arcane attack. When it destroys an enemy warrior model, you can remove D3 damage points from a friendly living model within six inches of this model. That's sort of like their heal ability, I think. Like Rather than medicate, they have that. Uh, and then they are packing Guidance, which is just freaking amazing. Uh, so range six spell uh, gives out Isla Sight and magic weapons for one turn, and more importantly, targets a friendly model. Yup. Uh, finally, these guys are all uh, well steady; they can't be knocked down. Which and doesn't they have come five up boxes often. a piece. Yeah, it doesn't come up often, but they have five boxes a piece, and they are five points for the three of them. But five points for three conditions or three guidances, like when you consider what, like back in Mark Three, you used to pay four points for one guy who had guidance. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. Five points for three is pretty impressive. Yep, and I mean, they still have uh, on magic attack for late game. Uh, guidance being friendly and range six is amazing. Yeah because boy does that affect like all of your merc options and also like doesn't i was worried that like the big fire hydrix head was going to actually be a little bit of a deterrent because it's like okay if the future site one is the only way to get around clouds and stealth like this might well, be an issue and then these idiots are just like nah man got you it's like ah perfect well, Future Sight one uh, has Trim Sight, not right. Isla Sight, so it does not get around clouds. So these still provide that solution. I thought it's, I thought True Sight saw through clouds. Nope. Oh, I definitely no, played that just, at least once then. Yeah, it also uh, doesn't ignore concealment in the same way that Isla Sight does. I'm fairly, I'm like pretty fairly sure no, that True, True Sight. True Sight ignores clouds. Oh no, you're right. It does ignore clouds. Okay, Never mind. Like, yeah. I didn't think I cheated, but I might have. No, you're right. It ignores clouds, but not uh, concealment, is what yeah. I'm thinking of. So you ignore clouds, and you still ignore stealth, but, like, again, if you had, like, the big firehead, you weren't ignoring either, and now you can just have a unit that's hanging out anyway and being like, hey, man, ignore all of the things. And that Hydrix yeah. is probably like, thanks, buddy, appreciate you, I won't eat your family later. <laughs> or, you know, I still might, but eh, just 50, a little 50. nibble. Yeah. Can have a little nibble as a treat. Um, so that's the contents of the box, uh, apart from the caster. Uh, and I think the caster, like, in my opinion, like, Quickfang Master is pretty rad, but the caster in this box is so freaking cool. Um, I, I like her. I just, I think the cat or the, the master is the better grab. Like, if you had to pick one of them to have in a list, I'd rather have the masters. Yeah. I think I, I'm excited because I think the master, like, apart from the, the battle box contents the master opens up the play of the faction pretty significantly oh for sure um and especially I, something also to note right is uh the shadow mancers having guidance is like pretty cute when you consider that you can 
accidentally blind your own guys with the quick fang master and then immediately fix it with the, the shadow mancers it's no, that, awesome that, that's called style points like Yelter. i hit your guy to blind him in melee with my guy but also blinded him and then gave him eyeless so he didn't care like yep fantastic <laughs> yeah uh ryan do you want to talk through sharis sure uh sharis is our other uh caster she's a scout caster which means uh 30 point games right yeah small games yep. yeah the, the small game caster uh, she is speed 7, uh, arcane 6, rat 7, def 16, arm 14, uh, arc 6, control 12. She's got 15 boxes. Uh, she also has unstoppable uh, on a 30 mil base, soulless, pathfinder, and gunfighter, which oh. uh, is old school dual attack. Super nice. It is such a good ability. Oh, like, yeah. not to be underrated at all. No. Like, she gets to just get around wherever she wants. Uh, partially due to her other roles, uh, which include Field Marshal, Prowl. She herself obviously gets Prowl. Uh, and then she has Jump. So after she makes a full advance during normal movement, but before combat, you can place her completely within five of anywhere. And it's just a free thing. She spends nothing on it. She just gets to walk forward, super jump, and then be like, haha, I'm here now. Uh, and then also has Repo 3. So like, she just gets to move basically wherever she wants. Yeah. Uh, she's also packing a Venomed Blade, uh, which is pistol and magical. Super glad they gave that pistol, by the way. That was another worry that, like, she's going to be a shooty caster that doesn't have pistol. Like, ugh, never going to be able to hit anything if something, like, just runs to engage. But that's not the case, and it's super awesome. Uh, Rat 7, uh, range 8, rate of fire 3, uh, pow 10, and magical. Uh, it is Witch Mark all the time, which is super nice. Uh, it is attack types of Poison, just straight Shadow Bind, and Snipe. Uh, so, like, she gets to walk forward, can snipe herself to, like... Or, sorry, walk forward, jump, can snipe herself to, like, throw stuff 11 inches, get three chances to hit a thing, and then just be like, ah, cool, I hit you, I auto-cast some spells on you, and I'm gonna repo back. Leave me alone. Yeah, the fun part about her having gunfighter, too, is she can, like, walk seven, jump five, into melee with something else, and then still just shoot out. She's yep. at, like, full liberty to take the activation however she wants. Yeah. Yeah, super nice. Uh, and really, really rad. Between poison and just straight shadow bind, like, she's got options for, like, oh, I'm gonna shadow bind this thing and witch mark it and drop, like, curse of shadows on it. Like, yeah. Now Hydras just, are going to go, and they're going to be like, Hello, new friend. Yeah, she can kill some wizards. That's what's up. Yeah, she can. Yeah. Uh, her feat is called the Dark Silence, which... I'm not going to lie, I, the first time I read it, I was like, She's Batman. She's trying to be Batman. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, you do you, boo. Uh, while in Sherris's control range, friendly models gain concealment and dodge... Additionally, while in Shiris's control range, friendly models cannot be targeted by charges or slam power attacks. The Dark Silence lasts for one round. Uh, important notes here is that it's friendly, and not friendly faction, so it also gives all of the mercs that you might be taking concealment and dodge, uh, and makes it so things cannot charge them, which is yeah. super dope. She got little baby rask feet on her. Yeah, a little bit. There, there's ways around bit. it, but like a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, she's packing three rack slots, which super nice. Uh, then she's can also got banishing ward, uh, cost two, range six upkeep, enemy upkeep spells and animi on target friendly again friendly not friendly faction model unit expire. Affected models cannot be targeted by enemy spells or animi, and hand of destruction, which is a cost two, range ten upkeep. Friendly models in this model's battle group gain additional die and attack and damage rolls against target model unit. Discard the lowest die. Uh, again, friendly, it does have to be in her battle group, but it opens up interesting avenues if there's, like, a merc attachment later, or something that comes out at some point where it's like, ah, yes, this is considered to be part of your battle group for whatever reason. Like, interesting. Yeah. I think she, like, right away... Uh, one of the things that jumped out to me about her is that she's very she feels really reminiscent of Saren yep. um, yeah like Banishing Ward having the three shots like yeah and her just feet a lot being, more movement yeah just a lot more movement shenanigans and her feet also being uh, a little bit of like that Mark that, II kind of that like Mark feet. II melee denial yeah feels feels really rad I miss Mark II Saren feet. Can we get that back? <laughs> no. That was so bad. <laughs> it's like so bad for the game. It was um, on it. Yeah. And Hand of Destruction. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Super good spell. Um, at my So I've only played one game with her, uh, and the assassination threat she puts out on her own is actually yeah. just kind of respectable. Because, like, she can walk seven, right? She jumps five, so that's, what, 12? Then she can just be like, oh, I'm range eight, so it's like a 20-inch threat if you don't want a sniper. And you can just be like, I'm going to shadow bind another caster to make them minus three death. And hit because I did, I hit the witch mark. So I'm going to cast Hand of Destruction on you. And then I'm going to throw two poison shots at you and boost damage on both of them. Like, I think... Oof, okay. The thing that like really makes that assassination like kind of wild for her is the fact that she can do it with future sight puppet master and guidance. Yep. <laughs> Which like like you're not you're not you're not getting concealment. Uh we can just try to like you know, hard roll the sevens or nines or whatever we need. And if we like hit the first one, then rad. And if we don't, then we just got to get to throw another die, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think with like, like putting hand of destruction on a target, whether it's like an opposing caster or a, uh, an opposing heavy or whatever, like I think those, those future sight like spray dricks or gun dricks, like, really get turned on by that like it's wild oh yeah how much damage you can do with models like that yep it's like oh here's three dice drop the lowest i'm gonna see what they are first before i roll a fourth one and then i've still got puppet master in my back pocket if i don't like the results here yeah like, that's just silly yeah i feel i feel like you know she also, with, like, the right battle group, it feels... Hand of Destruction almost feels a little bit like Lilith 2-ish, right? Like, Shadowbind something, you Witch Mark it, you either Curse the Shadows it or throw Hand of Destruction on it, and then your Quickfang Master rusts it, and then your, like, you know, Gun Beasts roll up, and you just can, like, 
probably erase like a heavy or a colossal like fairly easily at that point yeah i could see it yeah um like cur curse of shadows and rust and Shadowbind is like a minus three minus four like that's brutal i can tell you brian as a man who played crucible guard <laughs> when you shadow bind and rust something like it dies yep. it just it does not stay on the table for a long time and that's the activation of your caster and a eight yeah. or nine point unit like you still have yeah. the rest of your army to go like it's mm -hmm. it's kind of silly um yeah the the only not even complaint the only issue think i have with her is that she's only arc 6 control 12 yep. like she is gonna have to make and just tough choices every turn with what do you want to do like yeah i've seen chatter of like people being like oh yeah you just run execration every time and it's like that is half of her stack and she is like at best then gonna be an 1814 that is yeah. very vulnerable to getting like knocked down or having something happen because boy do we not have shield guards or anything else like somebody wants to be like i'm gonna try and slam her and just roll those hard dice like yeah. like if she goes down she's just dead yeah i think she she does uh that that's like a thing i see with her and with uh Rizik, right that both of them have that smaller control area that lower arc stat and i think that's like I think it's intentional. That's good. Yeah, I think it's intentional, right? Because it is it is meant for you to look at these casters and say, like, wow, they have so much potential. They could do so many different things. But the key to playing them well, I think, is, like, identifying what the best thing to do is in a given situation and, like, pursuing that line of play. Um, and so I think they benefit. And, and this is my impression with her right is she i think will benefit from a pretty like you should build your battle group and build your army around like a particular strategy with her mm -hmm. and then i think she benefits pretty strongly from that kind of list construction see i i feel kind of the opposite in that she feels very much like a caster who wants a lot of options so that whatever like you determine the best course of action for the turn is she has the tools either between herself and her war beasts or like the rest of her army to be able to do it mm. so like i look at her and i keep thinking okay like i really want to have you know a future site hydra because future site is dope uh i really want to have the um the flamehead hydra because if she does have an extra fury and can get somewhere where like okay she's safe and nothing can get there putting up counter blast and just being like all right you're gonna come in and i'm a shadow bind you like that's that's dope like you can 100 percent do that or just like oh did you send a war beast in like here's you know a pow 10 magic poison shot coming at it like is that necessarily gonna kill it no but if it's already hurt from other stuff like could that re-cripple something you just healed? Yeah. Could that, you know, get a solo that's coming in and being like, I'm going to contest here? Like, yeah. So, I keep thinking the way to build her is to build as many options into the list as you reasonably think you're going to need, and then just turn by turn have to look at it and be like, okay, what do I actually expect to accomplish? What do I want to do? And what do I want to threaten? 
because if oh. you can constantly put pressure on like the opposing caster like you can keep them from coming up or really getting involved if you can constantly put pressure on important solos or just like kind of threaten to gun down a heavy off the table like it makes it really hard for your opponent i think to play efficiently when you can just threaten to do all kinds of different things and see, I see her kit, and I immediately uh, see her as, like, the caster who wants to set up trade pe- like trades super well and super effectively, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you go forward, you tag a heavy with, like, you walk, you jump, you take your snipe shot, you get three tries to hit, you know, the six or whatever you need to yep. hit the opposing heavy. You hit it, you basically then because of which mark you you can just spend four fury and be like here's hand of destruction here's hunter's mark i'm gonna repo three and i'm out like and you, you just set up these like trades where all of a sudden you're you know uh you know all of a sudden your vipex that only costs like 13 points is going in and and taking out like a 17 you know 16 17 point heavy like fairly trivially mm-hmm because of the the combination of like hand of destruction, the free charge, you know, that that sort of thing. Like oh, to me sure. that's that's or, you know, if it's like one that you wanna, you know, drop uh with um like guns, right? You just pop curse of shadows on it, you shadow bind it, and then you like walk away. You're like, I'm out, you know? Yeah. Like to me that's where she really shines, is like setting up your heavies to be able to trade up pretty aggressively. Oh, that's fair. Um, and she has the feet. Like, I think she has the feet to get herself, like, you could have a, like, you could go nuts with her. Like, one turn, you could just, like, shadow bind three heavies, honors mark two of them, and then, like, repo back and feet. Yep. And, like, you know, at that point, you're still on two. You can power swell to three. And like that's a pretty that's a pretty ball you're like gonna have a pretty baller turn at that point. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like we yeah. were talking about kind of before the cast, uh there's also the opportunity to just walk forward seven, hard cast a couple spells, then jump and repo back. So like yeah, I walked yeah. forward seven, but then I walked back eight. So like if somebody is pressuring assassination real hard, like you still get to go out and try and do some stuff and then get yourself completely safe again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she she has a lot of lines of play, um, and it seems you know we've we've already started talking about some synergies and things, so I definitely think we'll get a little more into that later. Uh, but before we do that, Ryan, let's uh, let's run down these mercs. Yeah, uh, you want to so you want to do scoring? Yeah, I'll, I'll take Belagile, uh because I think he is also like the Quickfang Master. I think Belagile is going to be like faction defining oh, for he's us. Dope. Yeah. Um, so Belagile is a speed six, mat seven, def fourteen, arm twelve, uh, thirty mil stealth guy with Pathfinder, five boxes. He costs four points. Uh, he has anatomical precision, condition, so same ability as the uh, Shadow Mancers. He also has enrage, uh, and that I think, like when you couple enrage or like. Uh, or enrage and uh, what the heck's it called? Silence of death with yep. like hand destruction. It things get bonkers real quick. Things get dead um, real quick. Yeah, like even if you're just putting it, you know, putting those on like a pal, like a pal fifteen, like a cheap 
uh, Vitex, like, all of a sudden that guy is hitting at pound 19. He's, like, basically got signs of importance. Like, it, it gets gross real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Isle also has Medicaid, so the real deal healing. Uh, so friendly living war beast, D3 plus one damage from it. Uh, that's range one. And then has uh, Repo 3 and has a cool barbed whip that is a range 2 weapon master chain weapon at POW 8. So not like a ton of damage, but uh, it does have inflict pain. So you could do some cheeky stuff like slapping your opponent's heavy and then like filling it all the way up with fury. And then all of a sudden you have an assassination run open. I think, and I don't know if I'm being too forward when saying this, but I am like fairly certain this man is going to be like the first four points of about every list you're going to build in this faction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he feels like that essential. Like, I think him, a Shadowmancer Scion, and like a unit of Wormspine Shadowmancers, like, just go in your list pretty much every time. Uh, yeah, most of the time. I would say, like, your list probably starts with that 95% of the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, like, that's, yeah. that is a, what, four-point damage swing that isn't attached to a caster now? Like, yeah. Woof. That's Yeah, on that's top nice. of the fact that casters can bring, like, any caster in faction can bring their own four-point swing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, things get things get a little nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that, everything being arc six begins to make a little bit more sense when you're like, ah, yeah, they don't want you to just be like, I'm a curse of shadows. This and put out silence of death on something death. else, like yep. in the same turn, and then be like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna enrage it." And also, oh, is it a construct? I'm gonna rust it too. Like, yeah. yeah, cool. Eight point damage swing. So like, again, your cheap vipix that you're like, eh, it was like nine points. It's only hitting at pow fifteen. Like, it's now hitting at pow twenty three. Yeah, Jk, <laughs> like, it's pow twenty three. Yep. And if you're going for your actual uh, melee build, it's like POW 25. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it's higher, even. The the Hydrix that you could build uh, can get up to POW 26 with all that, which yeah. is, like, just bananas. Yeah. Like, having, oh, do... played, no, go uh, ahead. having played Grimkin and having, like, that kind of those levels of POW, like, available with... Uh, the heretic on like a you know having a skin of moans like it just roll in at like pal 23 yep like, uh, oh, or like yeah like yeah. oh like what what do you have it's dead yeah like it, it kind of doesn't matter oh is yeah. that a is that a herc feeded conquest that's cute Oop, that's cute yeah like mm-hmm. neat how about how about dice plus three on that on that guy yeah and like yeah you're gonna spend some fury to get there but like that's that's like one beast activation to like go in can and do you, damage. Can you imagine hitting the crit with the horned cubeser heads oh, on a hydrix? I cannot. With, with the eight point swing. No. But yeah, it's like a pal twenty four armor piercing. Is what? Yeah. Oh, I I just happened to hit the crit. Uh, dice plus fourteen. Like. Yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. See, it's perfectly reasonable. Yep. Yeah, and especially with the uh, abilities like Hand of Destruction to really help with that. Like, increase the odds of those crits. What are the actual odds of Hand of Destruction crits? I know it's better, uh, I just don't know how much it's better. Be- it's better because you have an additional die, yeah. Yeah, but it's additional uh, drop it, the lowest. 
Yeah, but it's like Hand of Destruction Future Sight crits. It mm. gets like a little silly. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'll I think math on that those later. abilities, to me, they don't seem like abilities that swing your dice really hard. They just make them like crazy consistent. Yeah, which like consistency is key. That seems fine. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about uh, Nissan so, Nissan Sentra, the totem huntress. <laughs> Nissan Sentra. <laughs> Something wrong. Oh, I think with her name that. is Nisak. Yeah. Nisak. Nisak. I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Who knows? She, she's from Zoo. We don't. We don't question it. Uh, yeah. She's a, a character solo. Four points. Uh, eight boxes. She is speed 7, mat 7, rat 7, def 14, arm 15, uh, 40 mil base, also has unstoppable, stealth, pathfinder, dual attack, ambush, and AD. She's, as well as? Yeah, she's also walking around with jump, uh, so same as uh, 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 Chivas, yeah, Chivas, yeah. Chivas, Shy Girl, I don't know. Uh, she's also got Prey. Uh, Swift Hunter and Tracker. So against her prey target, she's casually Matt Rat 9. Uh, she's got Swift Hunter to shoot, you know, two to three times a turn if she kills a thing. Uh, oh, sorry, only twice a turn. She's only right of fire two. Sad day. Yeah. Uh, but she gets she, to move she after killing a thing. Yeah. Uh, and then she's got Tracker to ignore forests when determining line of sight and declaring a charge. So, like, you can just put her on one side of a forest and shoot through the forest. Yeah. Because fuck that forest. Uh, she's got a Throwing Glaive, which is Rat 7, Range 8, Rate of Fire 2, POW 12. So, like, not super impressive, I think, right? Like, against her Prey target, it's going to be Rat 9, POW 14. Like, it'll do some damage, but it's not... She's definitely not, like, putting serious damage into, like, a heavy. But, like, she's 100% UA hunting and solo hunting and just being like, yeah, this is fine. You sure? I feel like she and Sharis are just gonna high five each other and then go like tag team a caster to just take it down. I like, mean, that's certainly an option. Yeah, it's like, ridiculous. It's only what speed seven, jump five, so thirteen range. It's only a twenty inch threat. If yeah, you pray someone's thing. caster, yep. like, yeah, it's only two rat nine power fourteens plus whatever Sharis did to him. Like, eh. uh, if you shadow bind and curse the shadows, the opposing caster, it's. Uh, two rat, rat, 10, rat 10 pow 12 poison shots from Taris and oh, then yeah. two rat 12 pow 16 shots from the totem huntress yeah, yeah okay there might be something there yeah there, there, I'll give you that there might be something it doesn't it doesn't feel like it gets it done on its own but like boy oh boy is it a closer yeah or yeah. you know honestly an opener like Throw yeah. that in first and then be like, okay, what do I have less after I can get there? Is it just a single Hydra? Yeah, probably yeah. finishes the job. Yeah. Um, and then she's got a Warclaw, Mat 7, uh, Range 1, POW 12, that's a Buckler, that has crit decap. So, uh, the stated intention of giving more things interesting crits, definitely happening here. Yep. So, um, all in all, she's... I don't think she's an auto-include by any stretch. But like she's an interesting little tech solo. I think she'll see some play. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think she having ambush also. I'm I'm gonna say this. Maybe this is a hill that I you know need to die on. Maybe I'm incorrect about it. But 
every game of SR24 that I've played, like ambush has felt like the most impactful rule that a model can have on its card. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. Which is what a an absolute reversal yeah. from every previous edition of this game where it was literally always better to AD. Full right? 180. Yeah. Um so I do I do think she presents like a pretty good um yeah, like a pretty good threat, especially if you compare her with some quick fangs and you know, rust her prey off the side of the board and then she just gets to double tap it for, you know, rat eight pow sixteens. Yeah, she's definitely That's... again, at a four point yeah. solo, like she definitely doesn't even feel bad like, oh, I ambushed turn two on your table edge, like your fire table edge. And then spent yeah. like two turns running to get into position to threaten a caster or threaten that like Not... oh this is like your Belagool of the list where it's like this is a really important solo for you to have. Like, cool. I'm a I'm a threaten it. Not even two turns, right? I mean, with a 20-inch walk-jump-shoot threat, like, she just comes in, and then the next turn gets to, like, kind of her pick of the litter, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, ambush three, walk seven... Can you jump the turn you come in? Yeah, you can walk, you can jump. Oh. Yeah, so that's just a casual 15-inch move off the board edge? Yeah, okay. Yeah, super, super good contesting model, too. Like... So your opponent has that terrain piece on their side, like locked up tight. Not anymore. Yeah. 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 I don't Super think. Dope. Yeah, I don't think you're reaching for her first, but I think if you have a plan and a little synergy that works with her, I don't think she's a bad pickup. No, not by at any all. stretch. I, I yeah. think she's solid. You just got to know how to use her, right? Yeah, uh, and then we've got uh, Bunny Man. You want to talk about Bunny Man? Yeah. Zacharias the, the Winter Z- Chill. Zacharias the Winter's Chill. Sure. He, uh, I mean, spoiler alert: this guy has no chill. He's a maniac. Literally <laughs> zero chill. Yeah, he has no chill. Uh, so he's six points. He's a character. He's a uh, mercenary, shadow flame shard solo. Uh, uh, we'll he... be working for a second unnamed faction. They did say that. Yes, as well. Yeah. Um, so eight boxes, uh, speed nine, arcane attack seven, mat six, death 14, arm 17. He's a large base. He has unstoppable cold immunity or cold resistance rather. Yep. Um, uh, Pathfinder and he is a cavalry model uh, rocking cleave and then uh, magic abilities like breathtaker, uh, which is, yeah. Amazing. So for one round, living enemy models suffer minus two death and minus two to their melee attack rolls while within five inches of this model. Uh, uh, no, no. Throughout. It's minus two to their melee attack damage rolls. Damage rolls. Sorry. Yes, you're right. So it's he's effectively like raises your armor by two and drops their death death by two. It's the same thing that um uh what the heck was her the death walker the uh. Like zombie lady uh, that used to hang out with Gorshade One had this ability, I think. Maybe? I don't know. I'll yeah, look. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure she did. I'm yeah. interested. Um he also has Horror Frost. Uh you've played Veil One, you know it, you love it, it's great. That's fine. Uh, just random yeah, random seventeen inch threat horror frost with magic seven like every single turn. Pretty bonkers. Uh and then it's final ability so silly uh he has winter storm so enemy models that begin their activations within 10 inches of this model lose isla sight flight pathfinder 
that activation winter storm lasts for one round boy oh boy would that be a kick in the chonies uh when paired with sharissa's feet oh and he's just packing native repo three for like no reason so all of these abilities that you think you're like okay well he only moves nine inches right well he doesn't he moves 12. Yep. Uh, further, further, if he gets to charge. And by the way, if he charges, he gonna get you. Um, oh yeah, he is. Crit yeah. freeze on his both bunny, attacks with yeah, magical. His, like, okay. Yeah, Matt Seven. He's cab model. He has cleave. Uh, so he could make up to three attacks in one activation. Yep. Uh, and he has crit freeze on all of his melee attacks. Yep. All of his melee attacks. His rabbit has magic teeth, which I love. Because um, why not? He. He might be the only, he's the second model in the game that I think has a magical mount. Um, the only other one was uh, Valen Hawk. Oh, yep, yep, um, yep. Yeah. Evil Horse. So, yeah, the uh, the bite is uh, range one, pow 12, and then his frost sight is range two, pow 14. Uh, and I mean, crit freeze on a cav model that's mat seven, like, mm good good odds i think yeah uh super dope uh especially being speed nine and having yeah uh just like the movement like oh i walked nine and just shot some spells off and it'd be you know really cool if we had a way to like help with that you know magic seven just in case oh wait telemetry also works on friendly models so like yeah if you really want him to he's just like a, a magic nine going for that hoarfrost shot like yeah okay <laughs> yeah and he feels honestly i think he feels like a good like he has six points he's not cheap by any no. stretch of the imagination but he's like armor 17 def 14 like eight boxes he's pretty durable i think like pretty hard to uh you can't just kill him with blast damage you have to actually devote like a real boostable gun to kill him yep um and even if it's like a pow, what fourteen gun, uh, you're still it's still tough. Dice on you three. Still need an eleven on that boosted damage roll. Yeah, it's like still not great. Um, he feels like he synergizes super well with both of the casters that we've seen so far. Like nothing quite says misery like uh, Rassic, you know, feeding having all of his warrior models like clumped up around his his wall of heavies none of whom can be knocked down and this idiot on a bunny just standing behind them being like haha like come fight us and be bad at it yeah like, if, if you come and in be, yeah and be easier to hit for the defensive strikes like yeah he seems pretty pretty solid and i think similarly with uh with your wrist right like that feat with her that sort of says to your opponent like you have to either shoot me or walk in and fight me in melee and yep. this guy again is like come and fight in melee with us and be bad at it yeah like and then it's again because yeah. sure's feet is friendly like he picks up concealment he picks up dodge so like, dodge yeah somebody Whoa. comes in and is like oh i'm gonna try and hit him and it's like yeah okay you're minus two death for coming in you're minus two to your melee attack rolls and then if you miss, I've got dodge. So I'm going to get out, and anything else you try to swing at, you're still minus two damage against. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he, he feels pretty solid. Again, I would say uh, not as much of an auto-include as Beligol, um, 
but definitely easier to integrate into the game plan that I think that the faction already has than um, than Nisak, right? I I think so. I think the hard selling point here is he is six points. Yeah, and like that's a lot of points. Like that's almost an entire unit of stalkers like by itself yeah so like if your choices are oh i could take another unit of stalkers or uh the shooty stalkers like or him it's kind of the same thing as nisik right where you kind of need to have the plan going into it of like okay he's going to be here i'm going to have him doing a b and c and like maybe he gets to do some other stuff too but like he definitely feels like a solo you need to have a plan for going into it. Otherwise, he's going to end up just either getting dead because you put him in the middle of nowhere or, like, you're just going to, like, not get the best use out of his abilities. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. Um, good job, though. Like, hats off to PP for making, I think, like, what, four mercs? Madam uh, Moriarty is the fourth one. She's not available to Shadow Flame Shard, but she's like, for uh, Brine Bloods, she's like basically an auto include for them. Yep. Um, Belagul doesn't work for Blind Brine Bloods, I don't think. He doesn't. Um, and he does. Yeah, he does not. Nisik um, does. Nis yeah, Nisik does, and then these two. So I think like, oh, uh, but they have Boomhaller also. They yeah, do. and I think like if you look at Madam Moriarty and Boomhaller and, and Brine Bloods, you're like. Yeah, both of these could easily be like an auto include. Yeah, they're they're um, both really And then solid. here, yeah, I think like we have a pretty similar parallel, right? With Belgol being like pretty much auto include, and then uh, Zacchaeus being like I think a strong contender to get in that list. Yep, um, for sure. One thing I will say, and I didn't think I would like it as much, but I really kind of am, uh, is that the faction so far is super well designed in that every decision like doesn't as much as we say like oh yeah Belgul is like an auto include like nothing actually feels like you're worse off not taking it like yeah that is that is a thing that's really refreshing too like the the core game plan of the faction you can execute and it feels like all of these extra pieces just allow you to do it better yeah but it doesn't like, feel like it's not like um Nothing in this faction feels like the Creel Stone or the Choir, right? Yeah, where the where faction like, is like you just have to have it to function. Yeah, where it's like built around it. Yeah. Like, are there certain things where you're gonna probably end up taking them in every list? Yeah, like you're gonna probably take Hunter's Mark in every list because like it's a good threat extension. But like, if you wanted to build just like pure gun line, do you need it? No, no, you don't. No. Like yeah. same thing with Belagul. Like, yeah, Enrage is great. You know, caster uh, damage buff like awesome do you need to have them no you can take that four points and put it into like a scion or put it into nisik like there, there's nothing stopping you from just being like no my I, I don't really need like the beast to necessarily do a ton of work i do need this other thing though and yeah. you're not actually worse off like as a whole for doing that as long as you have the plan so like yeah i really think the, the i think the stated design intention at one point was to just be like yeah uh, this is going to be a faction that rewards, like, a lot of repetition play, a lot of, like, exploring the options, and, like, there are going to be some things that stick out right away, but there's going to be a lot that's going to take, like, somebody to explore and really unlock them, and I think those are the choices that are going to do that. 
Yeah. So like, I would agree with that. And I also, I also would say like looking at the contents of the starter box generally, like nothing in here feels like the wrong thing to take. I think that the only thing to me that the two, um, the two units that feel like, um, well, I guess it's really just the death dealers, right? The death dealers are cool, but they definitely seem like there are other things that could fill that role. Um, I definitely want them with Rasik. Like, oh my gosh, they're hilarious with him. That, that range two grievous defensive strike. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> grievous, grievous finisher defensive strike, right? Yep. Like the, yeah. And um, I think it as well, like seeing the, like his battle plan, all of a sudden you fight them in melee and they're like armor 19. If you got the, you know, a uh, little you know, Zacchaeus the bunny, the bunny bro hanging out behind him, like their armor 21, uh, because of his battle plan with the base base with the beasts. Like, yep. yeah, they're pretty rad. And yeah, I think like generally, yeah, synergies, I guess we've been talking a little bit about synergies. Yeah, we've been kind of doing stuff. as we go. Yeah, um, I think the, the other one, yeah, we mentioned the uh, anatomical precision plus finisher stuff that jumped out. Um, all the I jump think, shenanigans. Yeah, all the jump shenanigans. And honestly, I looking at the rack, I'm going to say this, and this is like a weird thing, right? I thought Dash was like a pretty dead spell on it's the not. rack. But like all of a sudden you look at the, like you look at the contents of the starter box and you're like, oh, Dash is like, pretty darn good actually yeah like oh my death dealers go from threading 11 to 12 to 14 with hunter's mark Ugh. like all right yeah. you know same mm -hmm. thing with stalkers like oh this this little idiot melee unit can just kind of casually threat 14 and be pow 13 plus when they get there if they want like okay like it seems Excessive. How do they threat fourteen? Am I miscounting? Seven, no, ten, I think eleven, twelve. Thir uh, twelve. Oh, and Hunter's Mark. And Hunter's oh Mark. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't yeah. think I miscounted that, but maybe I did. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. I like... think that also. Yeah. Seeing this unit also uh, definitely sells me a little harder on like that um, Vitex with the Ophidian head. It's uh, so and good. the hunter's mark just like yeah even though it's a little pricier right i think it ends up being like 12 it's 12 uh, but like setting up those hunter's mark charges um and and having that be like i think with rasic too there's uh -huh. like a pretty good argument like having that thing be kind of a support heavy but then also just be somebody to help uh the warriors out when you're using the uh whatever it is, battle formation plan. Yeah. I, I'm pretty good. I've yeah. made a couple Rassic lists where I was like, man, I'm really just not going to use Warpath, like, at all. I'm just, I could, but, like, I'm going to go heavy on the infantry and suddenly, like, double Hunter's Mark, Vipex, and, like, yeah. a single shooty Hydrix or, like, a single melee Vipex to be like, okay, here's, like, my actual like late game hold a zone like go and do some work piece like yeah suddenly that's really viable when you're just like i'm gonna take double death dealers and i'm gonna take two or three units of stalkers and like yeah you, you just get to threaten the world and be like 
I'm gonna have dash to like really go far, but also I'm gonna sit on execration because if you come in, it's gonna be even harder for you. Yeah, this definitely, it definitely feels cool to see too. Like as we see more releases to see more spells on the rack kind of go live. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, cause I, I think too, there's like a pretty easy, uh, there's like a pretty easy list with Sharice where you're like, whole list is stealth, right? Yep. Like on her feet turn, you're just your warrior models like are already like you take the, what the shadow mancer scion and the shadow mancers are native stealth. The yep. quick fangs are all native stealth mm -hmm. and like the. You know, you take one unit of death dealers or something like that, throw occultation on them, and then you know, Belagul's native stealth, and then like all of a sudden you're just like my my whole army is stealth. Yep. Like on this feet turn, and you can't charge them. Like, what do you? You know, I can tell you from playing Grimkin for the last year and having Shroud, like there are a lot of lists that can deal with like one to two things with stealth. There are not a lot of lists that can deal with like everything having it. Yep. Well, yeah. and then it's, it's the, um, especially with her, the option of like, oh, somebody's going to threat really far against all like your single wound infantry. It's just like, yeah, but feet stops you from charging. So suddenly all those single wound infantry really get to threaten up the board because it's like, yeah, you could probably get here, except you're going to lose three inches of threat and scenario still exists. So good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I think some other stuff that is jumping out at me too, um... I think Rassic probably really loves the Wind Strikers, um, just as like, like just generate a bunch of road to war moves with a unit. That, yep. You know, yeah, if is, you're gonna go the game cheap. plan, hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also his uh, tactician battle plan, like pretty darn cool, because all your friendly guys can use it too. Yep. Yeah. And I think you had also called out, like, uh... I did, but um, it got changed stealthily. What? I, I was arguing at WTC with Travis about the one battle plan, and I changed it stealthily. I'm like, ah, oh, son of a gun. Which one? Uh, battle formation uh, didn't used to say friendly faction warrior models. It just oh, said warrior dang. models. It just said friendly? No, oh. it just said warrior models. So you're Oh, there we go. So, so your opponents could use it, and they stealthily changed it on me. Okay. <laughs> Which was funny. Uh, no, I was mentioning that you, you had uh, talked a little bit about um, playing Magnus with Shuris. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that's another fun yeah. one. And, like, yeah, I, it didn't jump out at me immediately because I was like, there's not really anything that that's, like, immediately apparently good. But then you think about all the supportabilities in this army and, like... Everything right? being friendly? Yeah, everything is friendly. Like, you could have a Invictus that is, like, spell immune. Yep. Uh, has, you know... Uh, can benefit from Hunter's Mark, can get uh, Puppet Master, can get, can get guidance, guidance, can... Yeah, it can get her feet, like, to get in a position, and, yep. like, yeah, like, it, it becomes, that was sort of, like, the, uh, it feels a little bit like how I was playing Old Witch, uh, when I built her for WTC, where I had Mags and Vic, and it wasn't, like, obvious why you would have them, Yep. but it was just, like, oh, this list has, like, a boatload of defensive abilities, and 
it's just good to have them and like this package the shooting package is really good um like i think it's fairly easy to to pair like a flame spitter double acid spitter uh double venom spitter guy with yep. vic yep. and you're like yeah you just have then between mags between vic between that guy like you just bomb stuff from downtown oh yeah like and, then and that forces your opponent to close distance with you, and then you have the feet to ensure that when they do, you still get the alpha. Like, yep. I think that's a good build. It, that's a funny one, and I kept looking at it, and it's like, oh, that's an Invictus that charges 15 before you damage it. Like, he's yeah. just going to be sitting at mat 7, arm 22, and yep. saying, before you damage me, I threat 15. And yeah. boy, does, especially with, like, Shuris, where you're like, oh... I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, shadow bind like this heavy, so now he's effectively mat ten, or like I'm yeah. gonna go into this unit, so like the guy he's charging, I'm definitely hitting. Like, oh my gosh, like he'll just get to go across the world to help run a flank, and if somebody's like, oh well, I'll just stay completely out of his range. It's like, okay, he's still just gonna walk forward and lob pow fifteens at you. Yeah, perfectly he's fine. Pop you in the face with some rockets every turn. Yep. yep. Yeah, and Sharis can like hop up and shadow bind things, or you're like, uh, if you think too about like uh, quick fang masters, like uh -huh. blinding and rusting stuff, yep. and, like Invictus and Mags getting to just shoot it off the table, like that's yeah. gross. Like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. rust these two heavies and now Invictus and Mags are what, pow, 17 and 16? Sure. Yeah. Like, you, that's fine. Yeah, rust, rust and Curse of Shadows them. It's, uh, your rockets go to like, pow, 19 and pow, 18. Yeah, like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, very, very silly. Um, yeah, so I think that, like, this is cool. These releases are really cool. This battle box feels like uh i think like really well designed actually like yeah. maybe one of the ones where like because i for a lot of factions i feel like especially the first three or four right like dusk Kato, or signar you look at them and you're like this unit is the good unit right and this other unit is like not great right mm -hmm. um this box it feels like you look at it and you're like all look these units are pretty solid like and there's not really a I think there's not really a standout amongst the units so much as like whatever unit you select as your quick fang master delivery system yeah. that's the unit that's gonna be the big standout it's really what um, do you need at the time it's yeah what it comes down to yeah so some pretty solid some solid synergies solid combos and i definitely think that we like just at first glance i'm betting that we're not seeing all of them especially because there's a bunch of uh, in, in the same way that, like, the rack spells kind of got, like, the rack spells went live, um, like, more and more got interesting as more and more releases come out. My thought is also that, like, there might be other pieces, like, other parts of the, hy like, the Hydrix, right? Like, some of the smaller heads or bigger heads on the Hydrix, like, yep. might get a lot more interesting now. Yep. Especially yeah. as more stuff comes out, especially as... And, like, that's the other thing I keep looking at and thinking about is, like, this isn't the full faction. Like, this, yeah. this isn't everything. This yeah. is, like, there's still, what, two units and two, three solos to go? 
plus yeah. the, everything they've been there's, spoiling for the cadre, which is all if you haven't seen it. It's oh all cavalry. Like it's yeah. so dope. Oh my god, that caster that they spoiled, that dude is like winner of the biggest chungus in the Iron Kingdom award. He's <laughs> literally huge. that dude is just a tank. Like he that's really it. He looks like one. Yeah. I know part of it is that like one of his arms he has a shield and it's obscuring his torso but it just makes him look like a giant ball like a just an absolute brick house yeah. uh, on like a chosen cav body uh, so looking yeah. really rad super dope yeah yeah that's a good point right this isn't even the expansion box and we like we know that there's the super heavy like that, that we know the, about the, the weaver we know that oh, there's God. yeah the the what is it called the spinner right that solo uh yep the two or three point solo from the spoilers yeah for the spoilers we know there's also what we saw the cab solo right yep snake boy yeah uh, snake they, boy they released he's the... a snack on a snack <laughs> yeah they, they released the um like the render the the little spinny render for the paragon which literally yeah, just that... looks like a Nephilim soldier always should have yeah. in my head. Like, that dude is dope yeah. as hell looking. Nephilim ninja. And yeah. then we know those, like, I don't know details about the other caster. I don't know what's been spoiled. Um, yeah, we know next to but... nothing other than, like, yeah. she's all magic lady. Yeah, which to me, I think, I, and I don't know this for sure. This is, like, wild-ass speculation, so don't, don't come for me. Um, ass speculation feels like if you are gonna make a caster that's like magic focused right every other faction we've seen those casters have been like arc seven or eight and like at seven or eight so yep. i think yeah arcane attack seven or eight so i think there's a good possibility that that happens but i think the curious thing that i'd want to know is like uh what what do they make that caster's control area I'm really hoping she's a 14. Like, don't, don't yeah. let us have the Lilith problem where everybody has too small of a control area. Um, well, I actually don't know that it would matter. I don't except, know that it does, like, but I, it feels bad yeah. to be like, everybody's a 12. Like, ugh. Yeah. If the, I think the thing about the these two casters in the battle box isn't that it's not control area 12 that makes them feel like, ugh, it's the... It's arc six, yeah. honestly. It's like having to make those tough choices every turn. And th th um, there's nothing wrong with tough choices, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, and, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying like a bad thing about it, but there's definitely... Um, there, there are times when you're just like, please, like, I yeah. don't want to have to boost to hit every single spell. Or like, yeah. I want the ability to feel like I can take an, like, uh, an offensive spell and actually be able to land it. Yeah. That, I mean, you can, right? Like, you I think can, the, the, but like, it, yeah, I think hard. the thing that's refreshing about it is that they're on the Vipex and yep. not on the rack, so they're not like eating up your rack spots. No, it's just more of the like, if you want like an aggressive spell, like you're taking, uh, the spray off the Vipex, which like is easier to take, or Chasen, which is harder to take because like that is like a specific niche you need to need in your list to want to take it and even then that's then like an eight point grab to make sure you have it so like yeah, in my head like true. i don't mind having again hard choice like you have to, it's a well-designed thing to be like you have to want this to take it you don't just get mm -hmm. it but like 
boy, is that a harder thing to swallow when you're like, okay, I really want Hunter's Mark. Like, then you're going to have to take two of them. And it's like, well, yeah, but I really want some work heavies too. And it's like, mm, now you're running out of points. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. This, this does feel like, uh, that. that is the one thing I will say. It does feel, Hunter's Mark does feel pretty integral to how the faction wants to play. Yeah. It's especially because like despite having defensive feats uh it's like we don't these models don't have stats to stand up to like a prolonged battle against an army with like guns or sprays no no and like i know when we were talking to eric uh he had said that oh god dang it i lost my train of thought now Mm. uh the faction feels like it has those sort of classic legion weaknesses though right yes yeah but a little bit of that like uh like i think the thing that's cool to see with this faction is like uh if we <laughs> if shadow flame shard wants a model dead like it's dead there's yeah yeah you're just like, gonna kill it it's gonna be real dead oh yeah so that, very much so that feels cool um yeah being able to like basically guarantee that you can take down hard targets but again like i think that's also that makes the play style a little bit more challenging too because like you can probably take down one maybe Shuris can get you two hard targets in a turn yep maybe but like more than that is kind of pushing it like i don't think you're gonna have a veil one style like kill four heavy the world eat everything back yeah like oh that's what i was gonna say um yeah but it's like when we were talking to eric when he had brought up that uh the weavern at one point they were looking at slipstream with it and they had decided that they didn't want to do that because they didn't want to make the the legion problem where it was like oh you feel like you have to take this in every list um yeah i'm so integral to the faction that like you have to warp everything around it and what it can do and like yeah they kind of yeah they did that i think to a lesser extent with hunter's mark right like yeah i think you can definitely run lists without it but like just like everything else then you have to have a plan for like how you're going to get there and how you're going to be playing scenario because like without it you just don't have real good threat ranges even with Rastic, yeah. where you're like, oh yeah, but I've got, you know, uh, Road to War equivalent. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, but your stuff is speed six. So, like, yeah. best case scenario, your Vipix is threatening 14, which, like, is a respectable number, but that's... Things can out-threaten that. Like, yeah, but it's but it's also the uh, not having free charges. That, yep, it's, that is also gonna... Like a big, you're gonna have to yeah. pay for it. Or you know, I've been playing. Just... I've been playing Dusk lately, and boy, does it feel awful to have a faction with no free charges in it. Yep. Like, D- does it also also feel awful to have all of your solos cost four points? Because, boy, had, was that annoying as hell. Yeah, I I I know that you and I had that whole episode where we talked about everything that was wrong with the faction, but I still like there was a really good Black Friday deal on the starter box, and I was like all right i have a bunch of store credit at my local shop and so i i bought all the way in hey. uh, and i'm excited to play them they're they're fun when they go off i just 
there was so many things and like and again that i just i didn't particularly like and i think a good part of that was just you know how i play so like not to discourage anybody else if you like the look of dusk and you're like hey i want to go play me some emo elves like do it more power to you like i just i couldn't get them to work for me in the way i play so it was like nope this is just not gonna do it yeah I mean, I'm, I'm excited, too, to just see where things end up after January. Um, and honestly, I think there's a big... The more uh, 24 games I play, like Steamroller 24, the more I'm thinking about um, conventional wisdom and sort of that, like, my ability to assess, like, what is a good versus a bad model, right? Mm-hmm. Uh is in a lot of ways dependent on like a certain set of abilities that have been valuable in past scenarios that yep. may no longer be all that valuable. Yep. Meanwhile, ones um, that you kind of overlooked before are suddenly like, oh, wait a minute, this is this is really good with what's going on. Yeah, ambush in particular is mm-hmm. like the standout rule. Yep. Me. Like ambush, and then um, like with the amount of terrain on the table flight ghost walk pathfinder isle of sight crew sight like all of that has been super valuable to have um much more so than uh than like you know high armor values and that sort of thing yep yeah yeah i'm, I'm so, with you yeah, that that all might like that all is to say like what we think about this faction or what we, you know, conventional wisdom about anything in the game might be pretty fungible if you consider that we're going to see a January update, which my guess is my guess is that they'll probably do like I, I, I my instinct is that they're just going to do stuff to address internal balance in the new factions and they're going to take some of the legacy stuff that's like way above the curve and just like whack it down a little bit yeah i'd say so yeah like my that would be my my like ideal result right like i would love to come out of that update and be like there is a compelling reason to take like winter core infantry uh or sorry winter yeah winter core infantry and also uh Cyron gets kicked in the knees <laughs> like yeah yeah, the, I, I think the stated intention, and maybe this was an old one, was basically just take the worst things and bring them up so that, like, they're closer to average and bring the best and just kneecap them a little bit. Yeah. Which, like, like it, that's the point of a balance update, is, like, if you're in the top 1% or 2% of, like, yeah, this thing gets taken everywhere every time and it is, like, ruining and warping the meta, like, it's gonna get knocked down, so, like can almost guarantee you something is going to change with Thyron. I don't know what, but, like, something is going to change there. Uh, And as far as, like, the bottom of the heap, like, I don't know. I heard, and I don't know where this came from, but, like, it was going to be something like five or six models per per army were getting touched in some way. Mm. Whether that's, like, overall, like, rules changes that just happen to touch them, or, like, things that specify like the specific model unit is i don't know but like yeah that's gonna be like the average so like everyone's gonna get something so 
who knows yeah so it's it's a cool new world um shadow flame shard is finally here really like fully arrived it feels great and i think only only things to look forward to and things going up uh, do you have any events or anything that you want to plug, Ryan? Uh, so locally, we are doing a steamroller in January, I believe it is. I can double check that. Okay. But I, I believe it is January. Uh, yep, January 13th. Uh, if you're in or around the Buffalo area, we'll be hosting our first steamroller of the new year. Come and hang out. Uh, you know, message me or the page for details. Uh, also, Captain Con in February... So if you're going to be in or near the Rhode Island area, uh, the steamroller there has, like, beat all expectations. I think there's, like, six pods of eight going into it, and then nice. Masters coming out of that. Like, I think it started at 20, and it's up to, like, 48 now, so, like, it's just friggin' rocking all expectations. And then the team tournament, I think, is, if not sold out, I think there's only, like, two or three team spots left. So, like, if you're looking at it, get your ticket, because... That's a thing that's happening. Nice. Uh, and then farther beyond that, I won't be there this year, but uh, Boker Brawl in April. So also another great one uh, run by friend of the podcast, Seth Cohen, uh, and the Steves. Uh, super great time if you're in or around the Jersey area. Definitely check that out. Uh, how about you? You got anything coming up? Uh, nothing that I'm unfortunately able to make it to, but I do know of quite a few events happening uh, over the next little bit. I know, uh, shout out to the Ice King. Uh, I think he has thrown a steamroller this weekend in like Virginia somewhere. Um, okay. You can definitely find him around and see if you can find some details. I don't know exactly where it is. Um, uh this weekend on saturday as well if you're in the like tennessee memphis area uh the guys from the minority report are doing a toys for tots tournament so uh come play i think the entry is like 10 or 20 bucks and like one toy um so they're playing, they're doing a steamroller. I think the Delaware crew has something later in the month, like a, a steamroller happening at Top Deck later on in December, maybe next weekend. Uh, yep, December 16th. There you go. At Top Deck in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. There you go. Um, and then other events that are on the calendar, obviously LVO and Captain Con and uh, Boker Brawl. Um, I'm going to probably do... Oh, Adepticon in March, year. too? Yeah. Oh, and Adepticon, too. Oh, man. That's going to be... Ooh, that'll be a busy time for couple, me. Couple months. Let's hope, yeah, let's hope we don't get COVID again at Adepticon. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, I've, I've done it twice in a row now. You should stop doing that. Mm, yeah, that's also why I'm considering not going. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Tired, tired of spending like almost a thousand dollars on like lodging and travel and con tickets to go get COVID. Yeah, you can do that for much cheaper. I yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, um, stop doing it because you know we like you and yeah. we don't want you to die. But also, like, if you're gonna do it because you're like, nah, no virus can kill me. Like, there's cheaper ways to do it. Oh no, no worries about me, man. I'm I'm jabbed up to all get out, but uh, like. 
yeah, it just it's like still just being sick. Like, folks, don't don't get old. When you're older, being sick is like terrible. When you're a kid, being sick isn't fun. But like, when you're pushing forty, being sick is like actually the worst. You're like twelve. Calm down. I am not twelve, Ryan. I am pushing forty. Mm, I don't believe you. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, Turns out, anyways, that's accurate. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, have a safe and wonderful holiday to all our listeners. I don't know if we're going to do another one before the end of the year. Yeah, maybe um, if, like, the Weaver and Rules or something come out, do something quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could do a little quick thing. Um, but thank you all for sticking with us as we're slowly getting back into the rhythm of doing more regular episode releases. Uh, oh, maybe we will do one before the end of the new year, or maybe shortly after it uh ryan we should chat about that later uh, so uh mystery and anticipation for all our listeners thank you for tuning in even a mystery for me apparently thanks for being here folks talk to you yep. again well talk at you again at some point probably in the future maybe in the past time's weird yeah, yeah well, i think they can always go back and listen to old episodes that counts i mean why would you want to do gross just absolutely Alrighty. degenerate behavior. But Good night, folks. Bye, Thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in.